You are listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to American Snippets. This is episode number 177. Happy New Year to you. Welcome in 2021. We hope you all had a wonderful evening yesterday uh, celebrating the new year. Uh, I'm sure we're all looking to put 2020 behind us and move into this year with positivity and hope. Uh, this is our last episode of the seven-day series that we did. That's our year in review of 2020 and our New Year's countdown. The New Year is here. Uh, this episode is with Sean Whalen. Right now, we are also doing a review contest. This contest will run for a couple more days until January 3rd. We're giving away 25 patriotic t-shirts from americansnippetsapparel.com. If you'd like to win a shirt, all you have to do is leave us a review. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, so if you're an Apple user, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, look uh, in the search bar for American Snippets, and then all the way down at the bottom, you'll see a little thing that says, write a review. Leave us a review, screenshot that review before you submit it, and then email it to me, dave at americansnippets.com. The first 25 people uh, to leave us a review will win a shirt. Uh, we've had a bunch of reviews come in, but there's still... Uh, you know, there's still some opportunities to win a shirt. So leave us a review, win a shirt. And if you're not an Apple user, um, if if Apple's not your thing, you can use uh, podchaser.com or download the Podchaser app and leave us a review there. Same thing, screenshot your review and email it to me, Dave at American Snippets. All right, so let's dive right in to today's episode with Sean Whalen. Sean is among the leading entrepreneurs in the mindset and lifestyle arena. His brand, Lions Not Sheep, is proudly patriotic and unabashedly assertive in its branding. Sean draws upon his personal and professional struggles to teach his community the lessons he's learned and lead them to apply those lessons in their own lives. He's well known for his unconventional style that his community loves him for. Uh, recently, he's been using his platform to speak up about the lockdowns, mandates, and the impact these policies are having on everyday Americans. Uh, we went in depth with Sean when we interviewed him back at episode number 149. I highly encourage you to check that episode out. Uh, but in today's episode, we are sharing snippets of that interview. So listen in to hear what Sean has to say about his own background, how being raised in the Mormon faith impacted him, what it means to be self-reliant, and what the American dream looks like today. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen, with Sean Whalen. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. You have that story that is like this, like this rise to the top, this crash, and then this rise again. It's, um, it's, I, I'm going to say it's cool, but it wasn't cool for you to live through it, but it's cool that you've learned what, you know, what you've taken away from it. We're going to touch on that real quick for anybody who wants his whole entire story in depth. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make Sean talk about that here. I listened to your podcast, your first episode of the Sean Whalen show. Go on over to that site. What is this? Is Sean Whalen.com? Is that Sean Whalen.com? Yeah. Sean Whalen.com. And listen to that podcast episode. If you want him to just to hear strictly his story, because he's got so much else about him, but we'll touch on aspects of your story as well, because it really is incredible what you've managed to do and how you've taken from it and how you're just unabashedly out there, like going for it and staying true to yourself, especially today when you know all these people are ready to just yeah. ounce and judge and how you really just don't give a shit about any of them doing that to you. <laughs> so look, by the time you're in your 
mid twenties, you'd flipped like over 3,700 houses. You had built a multi-million dollar company. You were married. You had a kid, if I'm correct at that point in yep. time. And you flew a little too close to the sun, right? And, and something, something went awry. You want to take us through that? Yeah. You know, it, you look, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And yeah. I look back at it now and I'm, I'm so grateful that I went through what I went through um, because I realize now that I'm able to be a better father because of it. I'm a better man because of it. I'm a better leader because of what I went through. And you'd think going to like an Ivy League school, which I never did, I, I barely graduated high school, um, would be the education that you needed. But I needed the, the school of hard knocks. And so I was really successful at a young age. I grew up you know, in the single parent home and there wasn't a silver spoon around me. So I, mean, I had to build what it is that I wanted. And I found myself really successful as an entrepreneur at a young age. Um, I just did things differently. And uh, I, we, we, we started, um, you know, flipping houses and I was in the developments and different things like that. And, and uh, like you say, I flew too close to the sun. I, I just couldn't lose. I mean, when you don't lose, you keep pushing your chips in the middle of the table. And then when the market crashed, it, uh, it kicked one of my business's asses. And then the other business that I had was starting to explode with growth. And I talk in my book about how I, I was juggling bowling balls every day um, and not having a dad figure around and having the social influence of this is what success looks like and this is what it should be. By all, by all definitions, I was wildly successful. I had the marriage, I had the white picket fence, we had multiple cars, we had vacation homes, we had, you know, we were making millions of dollars, um, but I didn't know why the hell I was doing any of it. And so as, as I started getting my ass handed to me in one business and the other business is flourishing every day, it was just waking up in this state of chaos and feeling like when I was at home, I needed to be at work. But when I was at work, I needed to be at home and, you know, it would take the family to Disneyland, but I'm on my Blackberry to kind of date me a little bit. I'm on my Blackberry the entire time. And my ex-wife was mad because I'm on my Blackberry, but then I'm mad at her because I'm like, how the hell do you think we afford to be here? Because I need to be on my Blackberry. And so it was just this constant place of, of chaos and uh eventually just I, I don't know what a midlife crisis is but if it means walking away from your entire life your marriage your businesses that's exactly what i did and i i essentially just broke uh, and i left everything i left my marriage um i left a, a business that i had built from scratch that was making 25 million dollars a year um and for 18 months i stuck my head on my ass essentially and tried to figure out not how to make money or how to build a good business. But like, I was just really try to figure out why the fuck I was even here. Like why I was even on earth, like what my purpose was in being in this existence. And it was a really dark period of time. Um, and one night it led to me drinking myself to oblivion and I put a nine millimeter in my mouth and I almost blew my brains out. And I woke up that next day and, and uh, I knew that I didn't know how to figure this problem out. And it wasn't an addiction problem. There was no infidelity. I just, my ex-wife and I just kind of grew apart and she was emotionally resentful and I was emotionally resentful. And here we were just kind of at war with each other, but really we were at war with ourselves. And so I, uh, I did what most men don't do. And I reached out for help. Yeah. I called a buddy of mine. I said, dude, I don't know how to not be angry. Like I'm pissed at the world. I'm pissed at everybody. I'm fucking mad at everybody. And I don't know why, you know what I mean? I had all of this cool shit but I was still angry. Like I'm angry at her. I'm angry at the market. I'm angry at the business partners. I'm angry. Like, why am I so fucking angry? And, and I, uh, I went on a journey and I started really doing things that were very uncomfortable for me, things that I didn't want to do. Um, pride is a really easy shield. Um, anger is a really easy shield. It's easy to hide behind these things. It's easy to lie. And my entire life I had lied. 
because uh, I was programmed that way. We were all programmed that way. If you, if you stop to think about it, I don't care how old anybody is who's watching the show. It's, when we were little kids, we were programmed to lie, you know, sit down, quiet. Ever since you were a little child, this is what's right, this is what's wrong, this is what's good, this is what's bad. You go to religion, you know, this is, you got to do this to go to heaven. If you do this, you're going to go to hell. And as a little kid, you know, it's funny as a father of three now, a little kid that says, why? And you're like, well, just because, you know, just sit down and shut up because I'm the parent, right? Just do as you're told. Yeah. I think back to when I was a kid and that's how I was raised. And so we didn't ask very many questions. We weren't, you know what I mean? And, and so my entire life had been this mirage of just telling everybody what I thought they wanted to hear and what was quote unquote socially acceptable. And it, yeah. at 31 years old, I, I, I basically burned my entire world to the ground because I didn't know who the fuck I was. I didn't know where... I fit in this entire game and um, it was simply because I was a liar and uh, all of that changed after that night. And I started telling my truth. One of the, the, the very first challenges from my coach um, was to start sharing my story and talking about these things. And the very first thing that he had me do was write my ex-wife this letter of appreciation. I had so much anger built up. Now you gotta understand, like there's a lot more to the story that we haven't talked about, but yeah. like, Anybody who's been through a really nasty divorce knows well, no. that if your ex was hit by a bus, you probably would have been like, yes, I'm <laughs> winning. That was great. And that's really where I was. And yeah. it took me three months to write her this letter of appreciation. And that was kind of the first domino that started knocking down all of these dominoes of me being just a prideful son of a bitch. Um, and, and that led to me starting to share my story. And one day I shared uh, some of the darkness that, that I went through in my divorce yeah. and it ended up going viral. Um, and it went, Tens of millions of people saw it. Um, it was all it went literally traveled the world, and I, I kind of found in that space and found in that reality two things. Number one, a lot of people actually resonated with my darkness. You know, I had hid from all of these things that I felt and that I thought made me weird. And as I shared this darkness, it was like millions of people related to it. And I was like, "Holy shit, you guys are all just as fucked up as I am." You know what I mean? <laughs> and it made sense. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the second thing was like as I started sharing that story, I started feeling better. I felt lighter. I didn't feel like I had to hide from who I was, hide from my feelings, hide from my emotions anymore. Um, and I just kind of kept going and sharing and talking and sharing and talking. And I felt better and this tribe kind of started to grow and millions and millions and millions, almost a billion people have viewed my videos and, and posts online now. Um, and it's been just this incredible journey of me sharing, you know, my mess and, and, Truly, my mess has become my message, and that's what's allowed me to build these businesses and kind of get back into the game, if you will, um, and doing what I'm doing, like with Lions Not Sheep and my other companies. Um, I want to talk about the anger, which is what you you touch on so much, and I, I I know that the anger can hold you in, can lock you in, and I think that it's especially relevant in this country today for us as people, as individuals, in our personal life, our professional lives. Anger will kind of fuck us up a little yeah, bit, right? It'll kill, it'll kill you. It will kill you. And I think that it's really relevant for current events, right? And I'd love to know your thoughts on how anger is being manipulated. Or I shouldn't have said manipulated. That's putting my thoughts into your yes. sense, right? But do you think anger is being manipulated? Uh, oh, dude. <laughs> how, how much time do we have? Like how far yeah. down the rap do you want to go? No, I'm, go for it because it needs to be said. You can't turn on the news. You can't turn, you can't open up Facebook, Instagram, anywhere and not just see a massive amount of rage and anger and hatred 
across the board. And this isn't even a race thing anymore. It's not even a Republican or a Democrat thing anymore. It's just across the board. There's so much fucking hatred and anger. And I truly believe, I mean, more men killed themselves in 2018 than during the Great Depression. Like, stop and think about that for a second. More men killed themselves, like committed suicide. They're doing that now more than when the, you know, during the Great Depression. We stop and think about why. You know, it's not because there's a lack of money or, or opportunity, right? We've got the ability to go out and build businesses and make millions of dollars. It's not because there's a lack of women or, you know, easy hookups. You go to a fucking local bar, you turn on Bumble, Tinder. I mean, you get ass in two seconds, right? So when you think about these things, it's not for a lack of any of these things without, you know, any disrespect. It's because we're fucking lying. We're lying as a culture. We're lying as a society. We're trying to, to, to literally fucking rewrite what mother nature has written. And I don't care who you are, how much money you have. I don't care if you're deep state, top state, this, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter what political affiliation you have. You can't change mother nature. You can't change how things really work. You can't change the DNA that's inside of man. You can't change that. And, and we've had 75 years in this country of this radical feminist movement. And I'm not talking about feminism and, and what you think of feminism. I'm talking about the softening. I'm talking about the literally my kids can't play tag at their school because yeah. they're not allowed to have any physical contact. When I was a little kid, we beat the shit out of each other. We played Smear the Queer. We played Red Rover. We're like, send, send Johnny over. We're going to fuck him up. And we clothesline the kid, knock him down. And if he got a bloody lip, we're like trying to help him not have a bloody lip because then we'd all get in trouble if we came off the playground. We're trying to change these things into where Everybody looks the same, feels the same, smells the same, earns the same. Like, it's not humanly possible to do. And I think what's happening is inside of people, we're like, that's not me. That's not me. I'm not that person. I have feelings. I have emotions. I have ideas. I, I feel this way about my God or about my, my country or about whatever. But if you say anything, you're ridiculed. You're persecuted. You can't say this. You can't say that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And so we're literally raising a culture and now trying to like legislate people to be sheep, to just shut the fuck up and sit in the corner. And human beings were not meant, not designed to shut the fuck up and sit in the corner. Like men are fucking killers, plain and simple. It wasn't even a hundred years ago. McDonald's didn't fucking exist. You didn't go throw your plastic card and go pick up lunch. If you didn't go out in the fucking mountains and hunt, or fish, you starve to death. You literally, we men were our, our DNA is in killers. We are natural, innate killers. Survive or die. That is what is inside of men. Period. End of story. You can't legislate that. You can't change that. That's not a black thing, a white thing, a rich thing, a poor thing. That's what's inside of mankind. And I think what's really fucking fascinating is like the more we try and 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 create this across the board equality, the more angry people are getting. Because I love it. I'm always, I, I curse all the time. Right. And I'm trying, I do try to be a little bit better, but I curse all the freaking time. And so I love it that I love it that you do too, but I love it that you also talk about faith and you're not afraid to like curse when you're talking about faith. Cause I cannot tell you how many people <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I talk to God. I'm like, I'm driving down the road and I give my angel a high five. I'm like, whoever just my angel today deserves a new fucking halo. You know, and people are like, you say that? I'm like, 
I don't go to church anymore. I was a Catholic, you know, raised in the Catholic church. I don't yep. go there anymore, but I came with faith. And so just like you do, and you were an ordained minister, like you took it next level. You got yeah. traveled with some Mormons and then you became an ordained minister. How does that all happen, especially at such a young age? And how did you manage to get to a point where you extracted religion from your faith? Because that is an area yeah. that I'm so interested in. It's a great, great question. Um, I grew up Catholic. I was Catholic, my Irish Catholic family. Both of my parents were born and raised in the Bronx. I mean, I used to put the American flag up with the Irish flag right underneath it with my grandfather yeah. every single morning. Um, and I mean, I was Catholic, Catholic, right? Um, my mom joined the Mormon church a year before I was born. The Mormon missionaries came, knocked on the door, and my mom and dad both took the discussions from the Mormon missionaries. And my dad was like, yeah, it sounds great. I'll do the deal, but I'm not going to stop drinking. Mormon, I mean, Catholics, this is what we did. Everybody drank in the family, right? <laughs> my mom's like, okay, I'll do it. So my mom joined and my dad didn't. So I was raised in this kind of two ideology household. Um, and I went to mass and my mom went to mass and she was still like Catholic, but had joined the church just because it was the thing. And so long story short, when my parents split up, um, everybody in my mom's world was Catholic or was, was, was Mormon. And so my brother and I were baptized in the Mormon church. I kept being a hellion, you know, did my thing. And, and when I was uh, just outside of high school, I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this God thing. I'm going to try this religion thing. And I got serious about it and I started studying and learning and then decided to go on a, a Mormon mission. And so I spent two years uh, up in Montana as a Mormon missionary, as an ordained minister, uh, preaching and teaching um, both Bible and Book of Mormon. And, and uh, it was a really, really, really powerful experience for me. And, and I love the Mormon missionaries. I, anybody that comes and knocks on my door, I don't give a shit who you are. You can be the, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses. I love everybody coming in because to me, anybody that takes their time to go out and share a message of positivity. I might not agree with you doctrinally, but you know what? Cheers to you for taking that time to try and go out and better people's lives. You know what I mean? I think yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions around a lot of that. Um, but then I, I spent 10 years in my marriage in the Mormon faith and, and in the Mormon temple and doing, doing that. Um, and, you know, I studied a lot. I wasn't just this kid who grew up Catholic and yeah, I'm Catholic. You ask most Catholics, what's Catholicism? They have no fucking clue. You ask them what the creed of Nicaea is, they have no fucking clue. You ask them where the Bible came from, they have no fucking clue. It came from the guy at church. No, it didn't. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time really diving into the doctrine and diving into the history of, of not only the Catholic church, but the Mormon church. And, and uh, after my divorce, I, I never was one to curse God. That was the one thing I never really got angry at. I was angry at my position. I was angry at everything, but it was never like, fuck you, God. I never like went down that path. Um, and so I, I started really like questioning, like not my, not just my entire life, but like, what is this? Like this entire purpose of me being here. And I found that the more that I conversed with God and the more I, I engaged in that reality, the less I felt compelled to be part of any religion. And so for me, I, I look at, you know, as a Mormon missionary, I would go tell people, we'd talk to them and, you know, everybody's white shirts and black tags and they're walking around and looking all chipper and stuff. I tell people, I say, look, you can listen to my companion I hear. We can teach you about God all day long, right? We can read scriptures. I said, but if you want to know about a Ferrari, you don't go ask a Porsche guy. If you want to know about a Ford, you don't go ask a Chevy guy. So if you really want to know about God, who he is, where he is, what to do, what's right, what's wrong, go fucking talk to God. I mean, James 1.5 is one of, my, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I mean, he's literally saying, hey, if you want to know about me, talk to me.
All right, look, one question I absolutely have to ask you before we before we let you go is real quick, the American snippets we started because we saw back then, a couple of years ago, we saw the divisiveness in this country. We saw how people were just trash talking it and how uh, people were starting to, or voicing more loudly that the American dream is dead and over. And me as a military widow, that impacted me personally. The attack on patriotism gets me personally. Uh, so we started this to share messages of people who overcome challenges and prove that the American dream is possible for anybody who's willing to just suck it up and make it happen no matter what it takes to get there. But we understand that the American dream is different for everybody. And part of the resistance we get is because people think we're trying to conform them into one version of the American dream, but we know everybody's got a different version of that. So I'd like to ask you, what is your version of the American dream? Becoming president and, uh, Establishing term limits and getting rid of every single fucking career politician that's been in there for 30 years. But I digress. I digress. <laughs> Those are my goals, not my dreams. But my dreams become my goals, so whatever. You know, yeah. this is a two two part question for me. Uh, okay. Number one, um, our 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 founding fathers went to war over a small tax hike, and we now pay 40, 45 percent, 50 percent in taxes. Uh, the American dream, in that sense, is dead. If I went and worked my entire life and paid my home off, the government still owns my home. If I don't pay my property taxes, they take my shit. You can't buy a candy bar. You can't buy gas. You can't buy a cigar. You can't buy a cell phone without being taxed. We have a real serious problem here. And, and, and it's not black, white, rich, poor. It is an institution that has literally granted itself the liberty to feel like the 535 of us, congressmen and senators, run this thing. And this thing being America, not how this country was founded, not the purpose of this country. And I think one of the really beautiful things that you're seeing now is people are waking up going, no, dude, Bernie Sanders, shut the fuck up, dude. You've been saying the same thing for 30 years. Help the people. Help. You've been in D.C. for 30 years, bro. What the fuck have you done? Nothing. You pander the same message over and over and over again. That reality is real for everybody. Rich, poor, gay, straight, black, white. That American dream of being free of a king, of a government, it doesn't exist anymore. And I think that's a real, real, real serious danger that my belief is that we're now exposing a lot of that. And you're seeing through Donald Trump and through a lot of this, quote unquote, deep state, there's so much resistance because it's not sustainable the way that it's going. We can't just keep popping three trillion out here and two trillion out there and going, oh, it's all great. Our country's in... $26 trillion. How the fuck do you, that, it doesn't work. If you and I don't balance our checkbook, we go bankrupt. America, ah, it's Congress senators, I would just write a bunch of more checks. That's how it works. It's not sustainable. That part of the American dream, without question, is in jeopardy. Believe it 100%. But I also realized that my, my great grandparents came over from Ireland without a pot to piss in. And I'm now sitting here in a beautiful truck and live in a beautiful home and I'm able to build a business and have the liberties and the freedoms to be able to say whatever the hell I want whenever I want and I don't get hung for it. There's countries around the world that if what you and I are talking about right now, we'd be stoned to death, we'd be hung, we'd be shot. So I think that people really need to understand that, that there is a real serious war on and the enslavement of people's brains right now. The enslavement and, and the literally keeping people down, if you will. And it ain't a black and a white thing. 
but just the mentality of human beings. Like we, we, the people, 338 million Americans somehow think these 535 ass clowns in DC control us and they don't. And I think people are starting to wake up and that's a really powerful thing to realize that we, the people really have the power. We are the dream. Like this country exists. Your ability to speak words of rebellion, speak words that literally are treasonous, if you will, which is what happened in 1776, yet they did it. That's a beautiful thing. And I think more and more and more people are waking up and growth is painful. Growth is painful. You go try and get in shape, you're radically out of shape. Getting in shape is painful. It's painful to acknowledge where you are financially, emotionally, psychologically, to grow into something different. Me to acknowledge that I was an angry, bitter man was painful because I had to face truth. And so right here, right now, every single person listening to this has the ability to go do what it is that they want to do. You're free to go smack somebody in the face if you want. There's repercussions for that, but you're free to go do it, right? I think it's a really beautiful time in our history for not only people to be able to create what it is they want to create, build what they want to build. There's a reason that people literally risk their life to come to this country. They get on boats, they drown at sea, they jump over walls, they dig fucking tunnels to come into this country because it is without question the dream of the world to be able to have the ability that you and I now have. And I think that's a, a, it's an extremely powerful thing that a lot of this, in, this entitled generation, generations, don't realize that. We've never spent time in a third world country. We've never been broke. We've never been hungry, really hungry. You know what I mean? A dollar goes and, and gets you a meal. Nobody's really starving to death. And I think that's the reason a lot of people aren't in that position of real change. But the American dream is without question the reason people come to this country. It's the reason our ancestors came here. It's, it's what drives you and I every single day to go do something. We have an idea. We have a vision. I have a vision of making these things happen. And we have the freedom to do it. And that's a really, really powerful thing. And, and I think right now with what's going on in our culture and our society, I think it's really, really, really powerful. And I think it's a really beautiful thing because Malcolm Gladwell talks about in, in The Tipping Point, one of my favorite books, how the pendulum swings back and forth. And for 75 years, it's been like, sit down, quiet down, shut up, don't say anything, just do as you're told. And the national debt has gone up and career politicians have become empowered. And all of these other things that happened. And now all of a sudden you're seeing a swing back the other way where it's like, nah, dude, some politicians are stepping down because they're scared. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a powerful thing. You're seeing the commoners stepping up into positions of power politically. That's exactly what this country needs. That is the American dream is for us to be able to have the liberty and the ability to do whatever the fuck we want, whenever we want. And even though we're dealing with a fairly significant oppression, if you will, from a government and an institution, we have the ability to be able to change that. And I think that's really cool. All right, everyone, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with us here over the last seven days. Uh, happy New Year to you. Uh, Barb and I wish you a prosperous 2021. Uh, let's all move forward with positivity and hope and unity. Uh, let's protect the core values that uh, our founding fathers founded this amazing nation on. Let's keep America awesome. Uh, again, we appreciate you. Don't forget to leave us a review. Our review contest runs until January 3rd. Uh, not to be a broken record, but if you're an Apple user, all you have to do is go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, 
leave us a review there. Uh, search for American Snippets. And then once you find it, go all the way down to the bottom. You'll see a little uh, place that says write a review. Leave us a five-star written review. Before you submit it, take a screenshot of that review and email me, dave at americansnippets.com. Also download the last 10 episodes of the podcast as well. Uh, uh, downloads really help us uh, as well in terms of increasing our audience and getting up there higher in the podcast rankings. Uh, the first 25 people to email me their screenshot will win a free t-shirt from our American Snippets Apparel store, uh, americansnippetsapparel.com. Uh, there are some shirts available still. We've had a bunch of reviews come in, but there's still an opportunity to win. So get your reviews in now. If you're not an Apple user, you can go to podchaser.com or download the Podchaser app. Leave us a review there. Again, screenshot that review and email me, Dave, at American Snippets. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. Subscribe, stay up to date, uh, and make sure you tune in each and every week to the American Snippets podcast. Barb and I will be dropping an additional show each week for you. So uh, keep a lookout uh, for that. Uh, don't forget, we have our community of patriotic, freedom-loving Americans called the Great American Syndicate. These are Americans who believe in the American dream, the core values our country was founded upon, and every one of them are pursuing more out of life and looking to make an impact, not only in themselves, but in their families, their communities, and of course, uh, this great country. And finally, make sure you follow us on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, at American Snippets. Uh, share one of your favorite episodes on social. Share our podcast with a friend. Let people know what we're doing here, and we would really appreciate it. Thank you again so much for tuning in. We look forward to having an amazing 2021 with you and full of positivity, hope, and optimism. And again, thank you so much for being here. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are.